This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, long time coming, week one in the NFL, and a week that was a little, little, little boring in terms of the games that were played. Not a lot of juice. Probably the only game that got me excited was the Chargers-Miami game. Every other game offensively was terrible. I mean, I know the 1 o'clock window, I believe every game except for one stayed under. So you can imagine how that went. Uh, Normally, I use the gambling lines in Vegas to help me with my fantasy. But this week, I used fantasy to really get an idea of how these games were going to go. And, and I was correct when I was making my assessments and my picks, which, by the way, went 5-1 and one this week. Sergio Rodriguez picks off to a great start. 5-1 and one this week. The only game we lost was Pittsburgh. But you could tell all the predicted scores in fantasy were low. Everything was low. And so we used them, and we used them well to the tune of a 5-1 start with our picks. Before we get started, Epic Car Service. Epic Car Service is recognized as the number one car service in New York City by medical transportation standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or 844-666-62. 78 Lucimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com today or call them at 973-824-0113. And when you call, let Paul know that Sergio Rodriguez sent you. Kansas City opened up the season for us. 21-20 loss, I should say, to Detroit. A game that didn't surprise me that they lost. I mean, I have them under 11.5 for the season. But it surprised me in the manner that they lost because Detroit wasn't sharp either. So I thought that although Kansas City was going to struggle without having Kelsey to a certain degree offensively, they would still be okay and have enough to beat Detroit on that night. Now, Kansas City is going to struggle offensively all year, and I truly believe that. They're not going to struggle to the tune of not being able to score, but they're going to struggle to the tune of not being able to have a rhythm for four quarters. Drops, we saw the Tony drops all night. One of them ended up in a pick six. And look, they are going to lose games to teams that have talent like Detroit. And that's what I expected going in. I got news for you. I see them losing this week to Jacksonville and getting off to an 0-2 start. They'll probably end up being around 
five and three or six and two by the time they play Miami, more closer to five and three. But this is going to be a really different season for the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion. And like I said, I gave them as an under 11 and a half for the season. Now, check out the Lions' next seven games. Seattle, Atlanta should win both. At Green Bay, winnable. Carolina at home. At Tampa, at Baltimore and the Raiders. Folks, Detroit is going to get off to a hot start here. Make no mistakes about it. Baltimore, 25-9 over Texas. This was the worst game of the day to watch. 22 penalties, over 200 yards, and neither team, neither team threw for over 200 yards. Doesn't surprise me about Baltimore. Surprised me a little about the Texans since they were trailing. But just a terrible game to watch. Nothing much to say. 25-9, and Baltimore figured out a way to just get that W and keep it moving. Dallas, 40 to nothing over the Giants. A total beatdown. In every facet of the game, this was a beatdown. Offense, defense, special teams. Look, it, it seemed like the Cowboys were bringing guys off the bench just to make a play on the field. The Giants got beat up physically. Forget about the scoreboard. They got beat up physically. It looked like you were watching a college buy game. You know what a buy game is? A buy game is one of those games where the University of Miami will play one of these Bethune-Cookman schools, pay them $750,000 to come and get beat 50 nothing. That's a buy game. That's what that looked like on Sunday night. And the NFL should be embarrassed that they actually thought that the Giants this year were going to be credible enough to be on primetime TV as much as they are, particularly early, because we get them again in two weeks against the 49ers. Now, Dallas wasn't sharp offensively. The weather was a little shaky, but and there were a couple of drops. In fact, off the top of my head, three. Two in the end zone by the tight ends, and one on a screen pass or a semi-hitch that could have gone. But it wasn't like they were sharp offensively. But the Giants are so bad that they made the Cowboys look like a real Super Bowl contender on that day. And when I mean Super Bowl contender, I'm not talking about going to the Super Bowl. I'm talking about winning it. Going, they could go. The NFC is garbage. But winning it is a separate thing. But that's what the Giants made them look like. Cleveland, 24-3 over Cincinnati. The Bengals had 142 total yards. I said 142 total yards. Cleveland only had 350, but 206 of that was on the ground. Very interesting stat to keep an eye on as you break down the Browns moving forward because if they're going to continue to run the ball to the tune of of 175, 180, 200, with the way that they play defense, they're going to be in every game. Now, Watson throwing for 154 yards 
one touchdown, one pick is not going to cut it when you're playing really good teams. But Cincinnati was terrible. And I don't know if Joe Burrow's healthy enough right now to even be playing. But if he's playing, we can't make excuses. And he played. And they were bad. Tampa Bay, 20-17 to 17 over Minnesota. For Minnesota, just a total embarrassing loss. You can't lose to Tampa Bay at home on opening day. Can't. Under no circumstances. Especially when they only come in and throw for 169 yards. And on top of that, you're going to go home, look at the video, and realize that the only reason, right, they don't even look at video anymore. What do they look at? Film? The only reason that you lost was the three turnovers. You can't lose a game like that when your margin for error is not big. And I got news for you. Minnesota's going to end up starting one and four if they can't beat the Chargers after they play the Eagles. Because they have the Eagles this week, then the Chargers, and the schedule doesn't get any, any easier for them. This season could spiral quickly out of control for Minnesota. Terrible loss. Terrible loss. The Saints, 16-15 over the Titans. This was the second worst game to watch the entire weekend. Tannehill, three interceptions. Henry only 63 yards. They have to figure out something at the quarterback position. Carr, 23 for 33, 305, one touchdown, one interception. But more important, if you're a Saints fan, more important, four receivers with over five targets. That's going to be huge for this team because in that division and with their schedule, they should get to 10 wins. But they need contributions not only from Alave, who we know is a top-flight receiver, but they need it from other guys. Michael Thomas is not the same guy he once was. And Kamara's out right now. But they need contributions from other people. And Carr was spreading the ball around on Sunday. Atlanta 24-10 over Carolina. This game was 10-10 going into the fourth. But Carolina lost this game really in the third quarter. Back-to-back possessions. Interception. Fumble. Atlanta scores on one of them, takes the lead, never looks back. Here was Carolina's second half. Field goal out of the half. INT, fumble, punt, 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 turnover on downs, ball game over. The Falcons, who we expect to be a solid team, take care of business against Carolina. Jacksonville, 31-21. You know, Richardson played better than I thought, or he looked better, I should say, than I thought he would. And he's a big kid. I will tell you, though, this isn't college. You better start sliding and avoiding some of these hits because as big as he is, he's still going to get thrown around. This is the NFL. But he looked better than I thought he would look. The Jags avoided a disaster by scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter and winning this game. Because that would have been a terrible loss 
terrible loss to a Colts team that is not very good in a division where they should go at worst five and one. They avoided disaster, went in there, and did what they needed to do. I like Jacksonville. I gave you Jacksonville as an over this year, and they get started off on the right foot. The 49ers, 30-7 to over Pittsburgh. Purdy looked sharp, and probably, and Pittsburgh looked totally overmatched outside of the Giants. Outside of the Giants, Pittsburgh looked the second most overmatched team in their matchup in week one. Now, look, I'm not saying Pittsburgh is, you know, Carolina. I'm not saying that they are Houston. I'm not saying that they're a bad team. But what I'm saying is in their matchup, in their games on Sunday, Pittsburgh and the Giants were the two least prepared teams to compete physically versus their opponent. And they got manhandled. Manhandled. The quarterback looked shaky. The defense that's supposed to be, I'm not going to say vaunted, but supposed to be what carries them. Couldn't stop the 49ers. And let me tell you something. Pittsburgh is not in as much four-alarm fire situation as you hear my dog in the background. Pittsburgh is not in as much four-alarm situation situation right now, let's say, as the Giants would be because the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to do some damage and get to 10 wins. But, but, they need to get started over the next five or six games. They need to get started with a good record here. They need to be five and two, six and three, because otherwise, with as many quality teams in the AFC and as many quality quarterbacks, although one did drop on Monday, you're not going to be able to get off to a three and four, four and three start and think that you're going to be able to necessarily make the playoffs. So keep an eye on that as you're breaking down Pittsburgh moving forward. And you know what? We could take a look at their schedule. Because I think that that is going to be something very, very telling with with them. Because to be fair, when you speak about when you speak about the Steelers, everybody's been on them in the preseason. But they have a lot of issues, particularly on offense. Now they're home to the Browns this weekend. And I like the Steelers this weekend. At the Raiders, got to win that game. I know it's a road game, but you have to win it. Then the Texans, 
you have to try to get to three and one because then you have the Ravens, Rams, Jaguars. You know what? This schedule's easy. They're going to be okay. I thought that they would be a little bit more under the gun, but they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Yeah, they're definitely going to be fine. You know, but they have to make sure that offensively they don't give one of those games back. One of those games that we just mentioned in the next four or five weeks. You can't lose those games. If they're there to be won, they have to be won. Washington, 20-16 to 16 over the Cardinals. And look, give the Cardinals credit. They're the worst team in the league. We knew that coming in, but they competed. And they were gifted this game by Washington and didn't take it. Gifted this game by Washington. Washington really, really disappointed me in the way that they came out and played. I thought that they would be sharper going into game one. You know, they had announced that they had, um, if you look at, if you read all of their uh, media coverage, particularly my guy, Lake Lewis, who covers them, it, it was like they were announcing that they were back. There was an energy on the field in practice. There was a uh, a, a newfound uh, chemistry. I didn't see none of that. I didn't see any of that. And I'm going to try to pop Lake up next week because I didn't see any of that. What I saw was more of the same bad offense and more of the same mistakes that have plagued this team. The Raiders, 17-16 over Denver. Jimmy G, and look, I'm everyone who listens to the Sergio Rodriguez show knows that I'm not a big Jimmy G fan. I think he's limited, and he's always hurt. But the guy wins games. And again, on Sunday, 20 for 26, 200 yards and two touchdowns. Nothing great, but does enough to win. Conversely, Russell Wilson, again, under 200. Just not getting it done. You know, when you sit back and you think about what Denver gave up for this guy, it's almost going to go down as a worse trade than the Hershey Walker trade. Worse trade than the Hershey Walker trade. Because when you miss on a quarterback, whether it's through the draft, a trade or a free agency, it sets you back seven to 10 years. Easy seven to 10 years. Miami, 36-34 over the Chargers, the best game of the week. The only game that really had any real offense all day. Tua, 28 for 45, 466, three touchdowns, one interception. Tyreek Hill, 11 for 215 and two touches. Herbert, 23 for 33, 228, one touchdown, no interceptions. Now, I will say this. As a guy who's very critical, very critical about Tua, he showed up, played well, 
And with the team down, drove them down and put the ball in the end zone. He has playmakers around him. And he's doing a phenomenal job of getting the ball in their hands. But the question is always going to be the same one. At what point? At what point is he going to get hurt and leave the team without a starting quarterback? He answered the first question. Can he compete and play at this level with his lack of arm strength? He's figured out a way to do it. Kudos to him. But now we have to see him play 17 games and a playoff. That's number one. Secondly, as good as the Dolphins looked in their win, I'm going to throw a little cold water on this for my man Dan DeMarco, who I know is going to listen to this. If I were a Dolphins fan, I'd be worried about two things. A, we gave up 234 yards on the ground to the Chargers. That's not going to cut it. Not for the goals that the Dolphins have, which is to win a Super Bowl. That's number one. And the B side of that album is the fact that they themselves only ran for 70 yards on 20 carries. That's also not going to get it done. So if you're a Dolphins fan, take your win. Great start to the season. Rodgers gets hurt. New England showed some wrinkles. They're better. Like I said, they would be better this year, but they're obviously not at the Miami level. Buffalo didn't look sharp. As of the recording of this show, Tuesday morning, Miami's clearly the class of the AFC East. But football still comes down to running the ball and defending the run. And if you don't handle that, your wins and losses, your wins and losses in games that matter will all turn into losses. All of them. So keep that in mind. If you're a follower of the Dolphins or are looking into jumping on the Dolphin bandwagon. Philadelphia 25-20 over the Patriots. The Pats really spotted them 16 points. Seven of them off a Slay interception. And give them credit. They battled the whole game. Cut it to 16-14. And uh, it was basically a field goal fest in the second half. I will say this. The Patriots looked like what I thought they would look. More competent on offense. Still need more rhythm. Still need more plays made. Need to run the ball better. And Philadelphia... There was some continuity missing on offense. 
but we can't get too crazy too early because all these teams struggled week one. But I am interested to see how the quarterback throws the ball this year. You guys know I'm not high on him or not as high as everyone seems to be. He's had one good year last year, and a lot of that came with his legs. Green Bay, 38-20 over Chicago. The Bears give up 28 second-half points. Love for Green Bay, 15 for 27, 245, three touchdowns. And let me tell you something. The most impressive thing about what Jordan Love did wasn't so much what he did in the game, right? We know the Bears aren't a great football team, so it's not that he carved them up to the tune of the three touchdowns. That's not even the most impressive thing. Understand that when you are the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and it's been 30 years of Favre and Rodgers. Now, a lot of people are higher on Favre than I was. I was never one of these guys that looked at him as a top 10 quarterback of all time, blah, blah, blah. To me, he turned the ball way too much, way too cavalier. And him and Peyton Manning, I've always said it, lost more games as favorites than you can shake a stick at. But that's a story for another time. At the end of the day, he was an elite-level talent in this league, a multi-time MVP. So was Rodgers. And for Jordan Love to step in and play as well as he did with the pressure that I believe he has from his fan base. From his fan base. There are guys, there are guys who are Green Bay fans who could not tell you what bad quarterback play is. They don't know that. Think about it. If you are in your mid to late 30s, let's say you started watching football around eight or nine years old with your dad. You went from Favre to Rodgers. You've never not known what it's like to have a top seven quarterback every year going into every season. Maybe top five. With Rodgers, he was never below five. So and that's what they have in Green Bay now to replace. And he went in there and he balled out. And I got news for you. Green Bay's schedule is not very difficult. At Atlanta, the Saints, Detroit, at the Raiders, at Denver, Minnesota, Rams, at Pitt. There's some W's there to be had. And if this kid can get this team into the playoffs this year, it's going to validate what the Ram, what the Packers did a couple of years ago when they 
went out on a limb and drafted him to come in and replace Aaron Rodgers. The Rams, 30-13 to 13 over Seattle. The Rams pitched a shutout in the second half. And they scored on every possession that half. Stafford, 24 for 38, 334. Two wide receivers over 100, and none of them named Cup because he did not play. That's big. Stafford moved better in the pocket, kind of show you, showed you he's healthy right now. That's going to be big, and that's, that's good for that conference. I should say for that division because that division, it's the 49ers, and three teams that really are not good. One terrible team in Arizona. The Rams are not good, and Seattle's competitive. But if the Rams can play the way they played, now you can get two competitive teams. It makes that division a little bit entertaining for the year. The Jets, 22-16 to over Buffalo. Josh Allen bet the Jets. Three interceptions and one fumble. I know this morning everyone's going crazy talking about the volume of turnovers that he has or he has had in the last two years, last two or three years. And look, you can't hide from that if you're Josh Allen. And to his credit, on the podium, he did not hide from that. But it's kind of hard when you're Buffalo or a Buffalo fan this morning and you ask this guy to be Superman every game to get upset with the turnovers. Because the fact is, during that period, he probably leads in touchdowns too. So you gotta take you gotta take it for what it's worth. If you're Buffalo, look at it this way. You had four turnovers. And it still took overtime. A punt return overtime at that by Gibson to beat you. And if you're the Jets on the Jets side, you got the win, but it came at a heavy price. Rodgers is done for the year with an Achilles tear. That's the word. They're going to have an MRI today, but the word is he's done for the year. And now you're back to Zach Wilson again, who you invested a lot in. But at least you bought yourself a little time with that win. Getting that win yesterday, even though you lost Rodgers, still gives that team a little life. Because if you would have lost that game on top of losing Rodgers and having to go on the road to Dallas... It could have gotten bad here in a hurry. And their defense is good enough, just like it was last year, to keep you in these games. And if Zach Wilson is better than he was last year, marginally, you could still get to 10 games, 10 wins. Jet schedule moving forward at Dallas, Patriots, Kansas City. At Denver, 
Philly before they get a little reprieve with the Giants. So it's rough. If you're the Jets, try to figure out a way to go three and three, and you could win 10. Buffalo, Buffalo's schedule's easy as hell. Raiders at Washington. Miami's going to be a hard one. Jacksonville and the Giants. But those three, Miami, Jacksonville, and the Giants, three in a row, all at home. It'll be interesting to see how the Giants, uh, I'm sorry, how the Jets solve this issue at quarterback. And 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 look, when I mean solve the issue, I'm talking about how they changed their game plan. You got to remember, you just basically spent the last three months putting together game plans, offensive plays, for one of the greatest quarterbacks the game's ever seen. And now in a matter of four or five days, because you're on the short week also playing on Monday night, you got to rearrange everything to go play a game at 4.30 on Dallas, at Dallas next Sunday. This is when coaching matters. The Sergio Rodriguez picks, like we said, we're we're five and one. And we're gonna look ahead at some of the games for next week before we wrap up the show. The Sergio Rodriguez gambling portion of the show is brought to you by Stan Sports Center. Stan Sports Center is your local full service authorized team dealer for all of your favorite sports brands. Family owned and operated, Stans has proudly supplied apparel, uniforms, equipment varsity jackets, and much more for the entire tri-state area since 1946. Find them online at stansportctr.com and contact them today for your sporting goods needs. Thursday night, Philadelphia is a seven-point favorite at home over Minnesota. I like the over in that game. If I were going to do that, you got to remember... These aren't, I'm not making my picks when I do this. I'm telling you like an early instant reaction. This is the first time I look at the lines. If you want to get the picks, go to the Instagram at the Sergio Rodriguez show, either Wednesday night, Thursday morning, if there's going to be a Thursday game on it. If not, I normally post them by Friday, but my initial reaction is, if you're betting that game, that's an over. Sunday, Chargers, three-point favorite on the road at Tennessee. Give me the Titans in that game. The Chargers, the Chargers showed you that they can still play offense, but they also showed you that they're still badly coached. Green Bay, one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Atlanta. I just waxed poetic about Green Bay, but this line tells me, bet Atlanta. The culture, a one-point favorite at Houston. Houston's the play if the line stays that way. Detroit is a six-point favorite at home against Seattle. The total's 48-and-a-half. If you're going to make a play, the over is the play. Tampa. Three-point favorite, the total's 41.5 against the Bears. 
That's a game that you probably need to stay away from. Totally. Buffalo is a nine-point favorite at home. The total's 48. Buffalo wins by two touchdowns. Kansas City is a three-point favorite. Interesting. On the road, the total's 51. I told you I like Jacksonville in this game before I even saw the line. Cincinnati's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home over Baltimore. Cincinnati can't be bad two weeks in a row. Definitely not offensively. I think that total's a little low. Should be closer to 48. Both teams struggled offensively. Expect them both to solve some issues. The Giants are a four-point favorite at Arizona. I would have told you that game would have been six or seven before Monday night's beatdown at the hands of the Cowboys. If you're the Giants, this is probably as must a win as you will come across. Forget about the Giants. If you're the head coach, it was all roses last year with that schedule you got. Now, you did a good job. But if you ever lose this game, you'll see how things turn in New York. San Fran is an eight-point favorite on the road. The total's 44-and-a-half. I would stay away from that game. The Cowboys are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. The total's 40-and-a-half. I would probably tell you that line would have been closer to three or four if Rodgers was playing. Another game that you got to stay away from. Denver is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total's 39 Washington, based on the way they both looked, man, that half a point is going to look big. Stay away from that game. Miami is a two-point favorite on the road against New England on Sunday night. New England is the heavy play. That Looking at all these lines, that, that New England game is probably going to be my pick of the week. Just looking at it. Again, I got to go into it and see what's going on. But just based off the line, New England looks like a play of the week here. And then Monday night, interesting enough, you get two Monday night games. The Saints are a three-point favorite at Carolina. I like Carolina in the game. I know I said it's funny because I picked these teams, right? I told you Green Bay is going to win some games. I tell you that the Saints are going to get to 10 wins, blah, 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 blah. And then I look at the lines, and yeah, Vegas is telling me something different. I like Carolina in that game. Now, look, the Saints could win 21-20, but I'm taking Carolina plus the three. And I also, in the other game, Cleveland's a two-point favorite at Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh in that game. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. That just shows you how perception and reality always tend to mesh when it comes to gambling, particularly if you know what you're reading with the Vegas lines. This week, we're going to do a Q&A on Instagram, so make sure that you pop in. And obviously, next week, we'll be back with the same NFL recap for week two. 
You've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. <laughs>